Hey everyone, my name is Hunter Detweiler and this is the Change Living Podcast. Just before I get started, I just want everyone to please subscribe to my YouTube channel and my podcast on Spotify. So who out there spends time on social media? How about watching television? Or who likes playing video games? Now you might be wondering, where am I going with this? But those things really depend on how much time are we giving to Jesus? And that's why I named this, is Jesus enough for us? Are we giving Jesus enough time in our life? Are we giving Jesus enough of our time? So the first question is, is how we use our time reflective of of our satisfaction in Jesus? Well, something I'm guilty of at times, and I'm sure many other people are too, is spending more time on those things than on building and strengthening our relationship with Jesus. I want us all to do this. Unless you're driving, then wait until later. Pull out your phone and check your screen time. Check how much time you're on social media, streaming platforms, video games. Now think, how much time are you putting towards the Lord? By reading his word, listening to sermons or podcasts, reading theological books or biblically based self-help books, or just worshiping him? I have to ask myself that constantly. How much time am I putting for God? And how much time am I on my phone? Or how much time am I putting towards things my flesh leans towards? Something Satan tries to do is make reading God's word or spending time praying or worshiping seem dissatisfactory. Satan's main purpose is to try and pull us away from God and focus more on ourselves or on this world. This world and the devil's main focus is promoting self-idolization. What does that mean? It means promoting yourself. It means putting yourself first, putting others uh, last. Do whatever makes you feel happy. That's what the world tries to tell us. If it makes you feel good, pursue it. That's what Satan tries to say and what the world tries to say. Satan tries to steal God from our lives by making him feel dissatisfactory to the flesh. That is why so many people, especially in America, can't recognize the fact that there is a God. They are so caught up on addictions in themselves. They don't see or don't want to see that they need a savior. Something I've noticed firsthand is that someone who is in an addiction, whether it be pornography, sexual immorality, drugs, alcohol, or even money or video games, is that they do not realize it's an issue. And until they realize what pain and suffering they've caused to themselves and others is when they want to take the steps to get healthy, they realize their need to be saved. My adopted brother has been dealing with addictions for years now. I won't get into specifics of what he's dealing with, but it's a lot. This led him to getting angry and upset with my parents and me numerous times. He's very passive-aggressive, so he would destroy property, such as throwing things, breaking things, flipping us off, swearing. And now because of all those, he ended up in a residential program. Because it's become so bad, and he's since he has vandalism, burglary, and he's run away numerous times. You just can't keep him here at the house anymore. Yeah, he's done all of this, and he still doesn't need, he doesn't see his addiction as an issue. He still hasn't apologized. He doesn't see his need to be saved. And his addictions are very dangerous. He could end up in prison or even worse. And he has such a disrespect for authority. And though his outbreaks have only gotten a little more severe recently, this behavior has been going on for years those of you who are dealing with similar issues, I want you to know that you aren't alone. If it's domestic, 
if you have an adopted or biological child that's having these issues, or if it's a family member or a parent, you aren't alone. Just keep praying and hoping. It will be tough, but I also know from first-hand experience that prayer works. Mom and dad were on the verge of a divorce, and for many kids and teens out there, this is a common issue, sadly. But my dad was kicked out of the house. He was dealing with an addiction and didn't see his need for a savior. This led him to put that addiction above our family and above his work. He was fired from multiple jobs because he was being distracted by his addiction. Now, I was angry with him for years, and it took me a while to forgive him. But after years of prayer from the entire family, his eyes were opened to his sin and his need for a savior, and he was able to come back home. But I do not want to give anyone false hope either. God's plan works in different ways. If your parents are having that issue, I know it's hard for you. I've been there. But the reality is that for some men or some women, they'll choose their desire over their family. And the family can tear apart. But I hope that if it's within God's will that your mom or your dad, they can realize and see their need for Christ, that they will be able to come back into your family. Matthew 7, 7 says, Jesus says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Okay, so back on to when we have problems concerning our time for God. Think about Jesus' disciples. In Matthew 4, they were called in the middle of their jobs. Some were hardly able to make a week's wage, but guess what? They left their money, their possessions, their families, and their home because they knew Jesus was enough. Think about that. They left everything just to follow Jesus. Jesus was all they needed. But then remember in Mark 10, the one who chose his possessions, the rich young man. He was doing everything right except for one thing, choosing this world and his possessions before his relationship with Jesus. He was called just like the other disciples, but he put his money, his possessions first because he had so much. And Jesus goes on to say that it is extremely difficult for a rich person to go into heaven because they have so much here on earth. It's easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter heaven. But this is a hard subject, I know so. I've struggled with leaving enough time for my relationship with Jesus. I've been so caught on social media and video games, but I just needed the wake-up real, the wake-up call, the realization that this world is fleeting, fleeting. And our time on earth is very limited. And when I stand before God, do I want to be known for sitting on my phone and playing video games? Or do I want to be known for strengthening my relationship with Jesus or speaking to others about him? There is never an end to knowing God and strengthening our relationship with him. You can be the oldest man or woman alive and still learn more about God. Second Peter 3, 8-10 says, But do not overlook this one fact, beloved. That with the Lord one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years as a day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises, as some count slowness, but he's patient toward you, not wishing that any should uh, perish, but all that is, all could reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Compared to eternity, our time here on earth is literally nothing. And what really matters is how we, what we put into this life, what we say, what we do, how we act. 
or if we what we do to strengthen our relationship with Jesus. But if you claim yourself to be a Christian but sit back and spend hours on your phone or on video games or whatever else, you are a lukewarm Christian. And it says in Revelation, they will be spit out of Jesus' mouth. So do you want to be a lukewarm Christian or do you want to be a strong Christian? Be able to know God, to be able to know more about him. Be able to spend time speaking to others about him. Matthew 16, 24-25 says, Then Jesus told the disciples, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, and take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So who are you living for? Yourself? Or Jesus? Think about this. What will truly matter at the end of your life? What will truly matter on Judgment Day? That you posted something on social media? Or you earned a new achievement in some video game? Or that you binge-watched some TV series? Or that you spent time with God, strengthening your relationship with Him? Or that you spent time teaching others about Him, showing others His love and compassion? We need to get this. Our life here on Earth is nothing compared to eternity. So what really matters here on Earth is what we do to strengthen our relationship with Jesus and who we show Jesus to. So next question, what do we expect of Jesus in our relationship with him? One thing that sets us apart from the Jews who believe in the Old Testament, in the Pharisees and other religious leaders in Jesus' time is that we know Jesus is enough for us. The Pharisees in Jesus' time had a set mind of what the Messiah should be, a military leader, a political leader, one who would conquer their political enemies. They believed the Messiah who had come was not enough for them. So they denied his presence and ended up, ended up murdering him, completely believing bodily and spiritually that he was not their savior because he did not meet their needs or their personal beliefs. So are we viewing Jesus in that same way? Do you come to God with your wants and desires? Or do you come to Jesus saying, if this was done, or if I got that, would I, I would be satisfied? Or do you come before him truly believing that his way and his plan is greater and higher than yours? Do you come to him and find satisfaction in him? Or do you come before him looking and asking for things? And believing that if you receive that car, that job, that person you like, you would be truly satisfied. Think about what you have prayed for recently. Is it more for the people around you, your friends, your family, or others that they may know Christ, or for the spiritual or health need that may be met? Or is it solely on you and your desires? Sorry about the thunder in the background. Um, is it solely on, your, on you and your desires? What to you is the most important thing to be prayed for? In John 9:39, Jesus says, For judgment I came into this world, that those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. In this verse, Jesus pretty much says that he came to save those who know they're wrong, and not those who believe they are right, being the Pharisees, or just others who are completely blind to God, completely blind to Jesus. The Pharisees were so set and immovable in their thinking in the belief in their authority that it was so hard for them to be saved but those who knew they were already sinful the ones who realized their dirt 
their sin were the ones being saved because they recognized their need for a spiritual savior, not a political savior. Jesus says he came not for the healthy, but those who know they are sick and need help. Again, sorry for the thunder. Okay, third question. Do we boast in Jesus and Jesus alone? In Galatians 6.14, it says, But far be it from me to boast except in the Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Boast by definitions means to praise or exalt in someone or something verbally. Now, to be completely satisfied in Jesus, we need to realize one thing. Everything good we have is because of Jesus. As a sinner, we deserve Jesus' death and nothing else. But as redeemed children, through him, we should be gracious for everything down to our very breath and heartbeat. John Piper says it this way, Apart from the cross, there is only judgment. Patience for a season, but then, if spurned, all that mercy only serves to intensify that judgment. Therefore, every good thing in life and every bad thing that God has turned for good is a blood-bought gift. And all boasting, all exultation, all praising should be boasting in the cross. But do we live our lives that way? Even I have to ask myself that. How we act, talk, and live our life should be reflective of our boast in Jesus. Our life is our, not our own. As Paul says, to live in Christ, or to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Everything we do should reflect Christ or reflect his work. Along with the realization that this world is fleeting, I realized if my life could end at any given time, what do I want to account for when I stand before God? That I live my life for myself and did the things my flesh wanted, or that I live devoted to Christ spiritually and bodily? I live my life reflective of Christ and his work. <clears throat> As we end this today, I want to ask you, where is your heart? Is it in the things of this world or in Jesus? Do we find Jesus completely enough for us? And where do we put our trust? In our possessions, in this world, or in Christ? Are we going to be like the rich young man and pick our possessions, or are we going to be like Jesus' disciples and lay everything down and follow him? Okay, let's pray this out. Lord Jesus, I pray that each of us are willing to lay our lives down to follow you. I pray that we will not put all our hope and trust in our possessions, but completely in you. And Lord, I pray that each of us realize that we are sinners and in need of a Savior, that our life is not our own, but bought at the price of your death on the cross. Help us all, Lord, to have the confidence to speak out about your word and your gospel and about you and the willingness in spirit to learn more about you and to read more of your word, to dive deeper. In your precious name, amen. And for some ways to learn more about God, I encourage you to do some of these things. When you read your Bible or some book, so like a theological or Christ-based self-help wow, self book, bring a highlighter or a pen. Even though, it doesn't, even though it doesn't seem like much, I've noticed this helps me focus more because I'm looking, I'm searching to pick things out that I've taken away from the reading. If it's hard to get into God's word, set a certain amount of time to read the word and pick a specific time, such as when you get up or before bed 
It takes a while to get comfortable with reading the world the word daily. So don't put yourself down if you forget about a day, but just keep going. If it is harder to read or focus for longer periods of time, um, try worshiping or listening to a sermon or podcast or listening to the Bible through the Bible app. But just try to take baby steps towards being able to read through the Bible. Again, sorry for the thunder. Set a goal. And here's another one. Set a goal and write it down. It's easier to stick to it when you have it written down. And in a smaller place. In a place where you'll see it daily. But don't overwhelm yourself either. Start with smaller goals, like five minutes of Bible reading a day. Or two chapters a day. It slowly increases the amount of time or chapters. So thanks everyone for listening. Please subscribe to my YouTube and my Spotify channel. And also, I want to let you know that I will never put ads on Spotify or on my YouTube channel because I do not want to. I don't want there to be distractions for the listeners, for you listeners. And if you feel led to or are able to, no pressure. You can donate to my podcast through Anchor. Also, if anyone has any questions or wants to talk with me. You should be able to see my email contact through one of the platforms. Thanks, everyone.